Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. landscape is going to get a whole lot more interesting hello everybody and welcome back to charge on as always i'm your host sean green before we get started a quick word from our sponsors bet online bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season everything from nfl playoffs to pro and college basketball ufc mma and more you'll always find the latest odds team matchup info player news and game trends at bet online with live betting options free contests and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable BetOnline is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events. Head to BetOnline.ag to join and use your mobile device and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Nick, it's been, before we get into the greater theme of the episode, it's been a couple episodes. Uh, kind of, how have you been, first of all? Um, but... Our big episode, which was the schedule release, you weren't on. You didn't get to give your thoughts on the kind of grand I, – I know you disagreed with probably a lot of the things that me and Rob said. A lot of the people that watched the episode disagreed heavily with Rob, uh, specifically the Texas Tech game, which I agreed with everybody. Um, but how have you been? And kind of give your overall thoughts on UCF's upcoming schedule in so many details. Yeah, well, first off, uh, busy would be the ant- would be the word that I would use to describe it. But uh, I think we're all pretty busy. So yeah. uh, it is what it is. We keep on moving forward. But glad that I was able to carve out some time here and you were able to be very uh, generous with your time to allow me to get on here. Uh, as you said, I've missed a lot. The schedule came out. I know there was a lot of excitement around that. Um, I would say that initially, and this is very uh, just in general, it's really cool to like look at a schedule and not see like Tulsa or East Carolina or some of these other schools that we've been playing for years and years. No, no disrespect to those teams, especially those two, because uh, they've routinely kind of beaten up on UCF lately. Yeah. But just to look at that schedule and to see Oklahoma on it and to see Kansas State on it and to see Baylor on it and Oklahoma State, and I could keep going on and on and on, uh, it's really cool. Uh, initial thoughts on the schedule, uh, opening with Kent State and, and then Boise State, Villanova. I think that's a great little uh, kind of trio to start the season that I think UCF, and of course we got a long way to go, but I think the expectation is that you might be able to go 3-0 on that one before you get to official Big 12 play. And uh, I think after that, Kansas State, at Kansas State, uh, at home against Baylor, at Kansas, at Oklahoma, and then West Virginia, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State. That stretch right there. And I guess you got to throw Texas Tech in there as well, coming off a really good year. So, I mean, that's basically the entire schedule. That is a pretty tough stretch for a team that's entering a new conference. And the thing that kind of sticks out there is they don't have home games back-to-back at all. On no. this schedule, so I mean, if you were kind of compl- if you were to uh, put a complaint there a little bit, you don't have a single. Uh, you're going to be on the road a lot, basically. Uh, you're going to be going a lot further 
being in the Big 12 and having to play some of these newer teams. So travel is going to be a little bit different. They're going to have to get used to that. But in general, like I said, I think it's cool that you're going to see some really good opponents come into uh, the bounce house that you haven't seen before, like the Oklahoma States of the world and the Baylors of the world. I think those two games are going to be your mo- your premium home games this year. A lot of people bum that they didn't draw Texas as I am probably on that. I'm in that group as well. I wish we would have been able to get Texas. It stinks that those two teams now have looks like this is the only year they're going to be here Yeah, with UCF and these other teams that just joined. So uh, we Texas is dodging US, UCF. Let's just use it like that. Uh, but no, we Pretty get much. that Oklahoma. We get that Oklahoma game again. We wish that was at home, but it is what it is. Uh, but yeah, those are my thoughts on the schedule. I think uh, just in general, like I said, it's good to see some new opponents. Do you have a way too early record prediction? I know we we gave ours. I the way I did it was. If I thought they were a more than winnable or capable game, I gave UCF the dub. I said about four losses, which it could obviously be more. I think we all agree like six and six is that is what we dream of. I mean, if you can go six and six, that is amazing on the upper scale. Yeah, I, I think that's yeah. my message to UCF fans. If you want to be a real and I'll, I'll be like, if you want to be a realist UCF fan looking at this, at least right away, we're not looking at a nine-win football team, a 10-win football team. That's not the goal. The goal to me is to get bowl eligible because I don't think people understand the the difference in the competition as you go up a level. And especially in a conference that last year, top to bottom, it might have been the best conference in college football. Yeah, I don't think the gap between the best team in the Big 12, take, I guess take TCU out of the equation, the second best team in the Big 12, the gap from there, Kansas State, to about like the eighth or ninth best team, I don't think it was a huge gap. Okay, A lot of these teams kind of beat up on each other throughout the season. So I think right now, I'm going to lean six and six right in the middle. I think if you get off to a three and zero start, that I think that's paramount, honestly, is to get off to a 3-0 start. Now, going to Boise could be a little bit of Tough. a tricky one, right? Tough. Could be a little bit of a tricky yeah. one. I could see that. Um, but if you can get off to that 3-0 start before you have to go to the big one at Kansas State, I think that would be great. But to me, those four games in a row of Kansas State, Baylor, Kansas, Oklahoma, to me, that's going to tell me how good this team is in the direction because... Obviously, if you drop all four, that's pretty telling. If you drop three, same. But if you can get, if you can split those four, then I think you'll have a lot of confidence going forward. So I think that four game stretch there after the first three games is going to be the most important stretch of the season. Yeah, and I think it's different, right? We talk about, I mean, last year, right? You dropped the second game to Louisville, which, again, Louisville's a Power Five team. It's it's not like you're getting a cupcake game. At Boise, you said it. That's not an easy road game to to start out. But to get those three games and to win those three games, you said it, is so paramount to start 3-0 because then you need to just win three games to go to a bowl game. And the back half of the season is much easier than the front half. I mean, you have some winnable games. You get to play the Houstons and the Cincinnatis, who, let's be real, I think UCF – is out of the four, you know, BYU, I think, will have a really good year. Um, they didn't get, you know, the greatest hand of the schedule well, but 
I think out of the four new teams, UCF has the best chance to really make some noise. Maybe Cincinnati, just because of the schedule that they had. Um, they don't really have they don't have to play really any of the top tough teams um from last year. But it should be interesting. I mean, it is way too early. A lot can happen. We have no idea who's gonna come in, who could potentially go out. Um, and again, all of the Big 12 teams, we don't know how good they're gonna be. I mean, you could see some teams take some leaps. And you just said it second because you didn't really count TCU, but the second best team won the conference last year. And that's just a fact. So it's like you're getting a conference championship winner as your second best team. I think uh, that's telling. But Nick, let's let's talk because let's be real. There's not a lot of, you know, underlying news until spring ball and spring ball doesn't start for a month. But a lot of college football news that could impact UCF in, you know, going forward. Right. A lot of USF fans and UCF fans remember the Big East and everything that happened all those years ago and how that kind of just didn't work out for all the parties involved in that conference. And many people last year, Nick, there was this whole college football shakeup. It started with Oklahoma and Texas. That was kind of the 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 big, huge thing that changed the landscape. Then the second big bomb drop was USC and UCLA saying, we're going to the Big Ten. And that was the second bomb that dropped. So you kind of, it got left with the Big 12 and the Pac-12 really trying to figure out how do we not fall and, and become extinct here in a matter of years, right? And become a conference like the Big East. A lot of people right off the jump thought the Big 12 is screwed. Like before they added the teams, Big 12 is screwed. They're not going to last. Most of those teams are going to, you know, depart and go somewhere else. A lot of people thought the Pac-12 was fine, right? Big 12 obviously adds four teams. Then it comes where the Pac-12 is now in a state where it's not looking too good. Kind of give your initial thoughts on this situation. We're going to dive really a lot deeper, but give your initial thoughts on this crazy situation involving these two conferences right now. Yeah, it's almost like an arms race at this point because clearly we have two conferences that have established themselves as you know, 1A and 1B, and that's the SEC and the Big Ten. The ACC is kind of, I don't know how to describe it from the ACC's angle because they have three of the more identifiable brands outside of the big two conferences in uh, Florida State, Miami, and Clemson. And you can maybe yeah. throw a fourth in there with North Carolina. So I think it's more likely that those four schools depart the ACC. And I think they're the conference that's going to be screwed big time at the end of this. Because there's a lot of just, there's not a lot of heavy hitters after those big four in the ACC, in my opinion. Especially when it comes to a brand. The Pac-12 having USC, UCLA is huge. Having them leave. And you're left with like the Oregon, Washington, uh, Arizona State, and now Colorado, I think, has probably put itself near that territory, depending on what goes on here with Dion. But the Big 12, to me, has only helped its matters by having a great season in football, right, where they were on center stage, they had a team that was in the national title game, and it wasn't Oklahoma or Texas, that was huge. Uh, you had a team play Alabama, although they got smoked, Kansas State, uh, in a, in a big-time New Year's Six Bowl, and then you had a bunch of other teams that were really good. And in basketball, the second biggest sport by revenue and popularity, the Big 12 right now is the best conference in college basketball. Every single team and they in the have Big been 12, for a while. Yeah, they every single team in the Big 12 
is 500 and over. And when you contrast that to the Pac-12, it's not the same like that in basketball. It's very top-heavy. And then in football, I think the Pac-12 actually did a really good job this year of getting back on track, although they they lost all the big games that they were in, right? That was kind of the knock yeah. on the Pac-12 this year. So I think the Big 12 only helped its matters. It seems like when you compare uh, commissioners here, it seems like Brett Yormack is being more forward about putting it out there like, hey, I want to expand. We're going to get this done. And I think so. I think the Big 12 right now, if you're to compare the two, are in the lead when it comes to expansion. I think you look at the brands they added in. Obviously, there's a lot of potential there with UCF. Cincinnati has been on the national stage here for the last couple of years. Houston's been there before. Right now, they're down, but they've been there. Uh, and then BYU, I kind of a little wild card situation a little bit. And then you look at media rights. And the Big 12 has the advantage that they're already shoot in with a $2.28 billion deal with Fox and ESPN. The Pac-12 is not. And that's a lot of things that are going on right now. The report yesterday from Brett McMurphy from uh, the Action Network is that CBS and Turner have pulled out of negotiations with the Pac-12. So where does that leave them? Because media rights is almost the biggest thing that comes with expansion at this point. It's all about media rights. It's all about money. And right now, without USC and UCLA, the two most identifiable brands in the country, probably in that conference, without them there, I just don't see what's going to happen there in the Pac-12 that's going to get them that media. And I don't know what network is calling. It seems more likely it's going to be a streaming network. And I'm not... And I just... To me, that gets a, that's a little bit too far-fetched, in my opinion, to think that you can just go exclusively to streaming and it's going to work out. I don't see that happening. And I think that's going to lead to a team like Oregon or a, a program like Oregon, a program like Washington, Arizona State, some of the bigger ones left. I think they're going to probably take it upon themselves to say... I think we got to get out of here. Yeah, and let's let's dive deep into that, right? Okay, so obviously the Big 12 made a huge move by signing their media rights deal early. I mean, they have two years left on their media rights deal right now. And Brett Yormack, or Yormark, he, he went and made a deal, right? He went to the networks. He said, listen, and let's be real, Nick, with media rights now, if the Big 12 would have waited a year and a half, I'm sure they could have got more money, right? But there's a, chance that they I mean they probably took less money and now they are really screwing over the Pac-12 while doing so because now the Pac-12 decided I don't know four or five six months later okay now we're going to go and now we are going to go shop our our brand to these networks but a lot of these networks Nick are so in flux right now and the big question is what does the Pac-12 bring to my network that makes it a top conference in college sports, all right? Clearly, the big kahuna right now is Oregon. That, that is the number, now is the number one team in the Pac-12. Correct. But when you look at the grand scheme, right, obviously you said it. Right now, the Pac, or the Big 12 already made their deal. Each school is going to be getting around 45 to $55 million per year, right? I guess Pac-12 commissioner says, and he promised all of the uh, all of the ads and stuff. We promise we're going to get at least forty million a year per school. Well, he started shopping the Pac-12 around. Said, "Hey, we're open for sale. Who wants it?" And they were getting about twenty five million per school. That is a huge jump from what the Big Twelve is making, but basically what everybody else is making. 
Now, you mentioned the ACC. The ACC kind of screwed themselves because they signed the deal through 2035. So those four schools that you're talking about, listen, the ACC, I think, is dead. It's been dead for ever since this whole expansion stuff started to fluctuate because you're basically all these leagues and all these you know conferences are just fighting to stay a power conference. And you know the SEC and the Big Ten, they're going to be there. There are two power conferences. But who's going to be the third or fourth? Nick, the way I'm looking at it right now is the Big 12 is securing themselves. And we'll talk about teams that we could potentially see join the Big 12 in a second. But what you're seeing is the Big 12 playing chess and everybody else playing checkers. Checkers, where The Big 12 is saying, we are going to stay a power conference. We're going to stay relevant. Like there was even talk about them getting Gonzaga to join for basketball. We're going to make sure we stay relevant and we stay profitable. We're going to sign this deal early with two of the top, you know, in ESPN and Fox, right? Those are big time networks, multiple networks where your games can broadcast, not just one. And we're going to sign this deal early. In part, screwing the back 12 where they listen, we'll talk about it. Disney's not Disney is in a financial flux right now. They are not buying anything. They're not selling. They are trying to figure out where they're spending their money. They're not buying the Pac-12. You have, you just said it, CBS and Turner, they're out of it. They're not, they're not purchasing anything right now. It looks like NBC, again, they have Notre Dame. They're probably not looking to get a, the Pac-12 conference. Whole other time zone. Maybe Amazon, but it's rumored Amazon only wants one big, the one big game of the Pac-12. They don't want the whole entire network. So, it's leaving the Pac-12 of who, what are they going to grab? Who is going to grab the Pac-12 while also making a profit that's close to the Big 12? And Nick, I'm going to be honest, and I'd love to get, I don't think they have that right now. I don't think they can find that for not just now, but any time close to here, which in part will leave some of these schools saying, why not just go join the Big 12 where I know I'm going to be making 40 million a year. Why am I waiting for my conference to get me 40 million? Yeah, I, I, I just can't see the Pac-12 expanding. Uh, I, I just don't see the benefit of like which, which teams are going to join the Pac-12 is, is well, the question there. We talked about that. Which teams would join the Pac-12? We talked about that last week. So right, it was rumored, and this is why it's so fun to talk about, right? Because last week it was rumored SMU and San Diego State. They were kind of the two that were most likely Doesn't to join. The needle. So that's what I'm saying. Doesn't move the needle for me. Okay, you're at 25. What, are you going to get 28? With those two schools, like, okay, you're getting a Texas school, one of the most non-relevant Texas schools, no offense to SMU, but let's be real, Big 12 grabbed Houston. Houston is the more relevant Texas school besides TCU, Texas, Texas Tech. You you got Houston. And what, you're just going to go replace the two top California schools with San Diego State, which is, you know, again, no offense to San Diego State, but that doesn't move... Okay, San Diego, you're getting San Diego viewers. You're not going to get the LA's, the the, the main cities. You're that's getting what I'm San saying. Diego. Like, yeah, and that's what I'm, I want to like preface what I was saying there about the ACC, those big four brands. I'm not saying that those schools are of interest to the Big 12. I'm, yeah. I am not saying that at all because I, th- I firmly believe that those four will be on their way to the SEC and or the Big 10. And, and I don't blame them for doing that, right? The super, I, the super conference idea. I got it. So when you take those, take those four schools in the ACC out of the equation, 
which school, it wouldn't make any sense, in my opinion, for any school in the ACC that would be left over to then go to the Pac-12. No. I think logistically, and of course, that theory is kind of being tested a little bit because we have USC and UCLA in the same conference where Rutgers is. It's like all the way, it's like all the way at two coasts here. It's, it's ridiculous. So I guess it's kind of testing the theory, but I can't see it. So you're going to be left with picking up the few leftovers in what the AAC and some of these other group of five schools can't see it. The big 12 to me already, when you take UC, USC and UCLA out of it, I think they have top to bottom, the much better conference in the PAC 12 at the moment. I don't see the teams that in the programs that the PAC 12 can add that will really make a difference. Whereas the big 12 can has the leverage over uh, the Pac-12 and be able to lure and attract the Oregon's, the Washington's, the Arizona States, the Arizona's, the stand like whichever team, big money makers there and brands that there is in the in the Pac-12 that want to go, the Big 12 can offer them that, I think, and be a viable third conference. I just don't see that path for the Pac-12. No, and even that, even say if Oregon and Washington said, we don't want to go to the Big 12, we want to go to the Big 10. And those are the two big ones. Yeah, those are the two big ones. And that's the understandable thing. I would understand if Oregon and Washington were like, we want to go to the Big 10. Now, the Big 10, I don't know if is wanting to expand right now. I think they were like, okay, we added these two. We're going to pause right now and see how it plays out before we add any more schools, which I can understand that. And that's why we don't know. This, This could take months. We have no idea when any of this really plays out. But if even let's just say if Oregon and Washington said we're going to go to the Big Ten, if I'm the Big Twelve, I mean to get Arizona, Arizona State, though that's huge, right? You're getting that rivalry to join, bringing in a school like Utah. I mean, you just took BYU. You can yeah, I forgot about Utah. You can get Utah, which is has the last couple years has been a prominent program in football, right? I mean, Dion looks like we don't know. Obviously, you don't get a school like. Colorado just for Deion Sanders, but you would think that Deion is going to make Colorado pretty prominent and there would have to be a much bigger job for Deion to leave, like an SEC job. So you bring in maybe a school like Colorado, and then there's a bunch of other schools that you could potentially see joining. So a lot of people are saying the big 18 to where you're basically going to be 18 schools. And Nick, I'll be honest, because we were talking last week or so about how many schools would the Big 12 add? Like how like maybe max four. But now looking at it, and I'm like looking at the landscape of how everything's kind of changing. Let's be real. You said it. ACC's dead. I mean, those four schools, the Florida State, Miami, Clemson, blanking on the last one, uh, North Carolina, right? If they want to leave and leave Duke on their own, which is a big if. Those four most likely will be going to the SEC or, you know, maybe one goes to the Big Ten, but most likely I'll go to the SEC. Okay, the ACC is dead. What's their biggest school after that? Like Louisville, Duke? I mean, again, one good sport for each. (laughs) I mean, yeah, Pitt. But those are your best schools, right? The good thing that the Big 12 can do right now and really cut off the legs of the Pac-12 is they can get every time zone. I mean, they can get Eastern, Middle, and Western time zone of games. Pac-12, the problem that the, why the Pac-12 has kind of slipped over the last couple of years, because let's be real, it's not like the football's been top tier. Football's been average. But a lot of those games, I mean, if you're not the Oregons of the world or if you're not the Washingtons, you're playing late on Saturday 
really late. Yeah. Nobody's seen your games. If I'm the Big 12, that is so enticing because you can get, listen, you have, the only problem with UCF is, yeah, you if UCF has to go play in Oregon, they're having to fly all the way over there. That's a problem. But media rights wise, that is so lucrative because you can get the 12 o'clock slot. You can get a 430 slot. You can get an 8 o'clock slot, a 10 o'clock slot. You are, your games, the Big 12, will be on the entire day. So if I'm a school like Arizona, Arizona State, I don't know why that won't be lucrative. I can know I can go make 40 mil over with the Big 12. I know I can keep my rival in Arizona State and still have that. And I know I can go make 40 million. ACC is going to be dead once those schools leave. The problem right now is the buyout with those is is insane because of how long the deal is. It's another 10 years, 12 years before that deal expires. So it's like until those schools are willing to pay that buyout, they're not leaving. So the ACC, as long as those schools are there, is safe. Nick, is it reasonable to say by the end of this year, the Pac-12 could potentially be dead? Because let's be real. If Oregon, Washington leave, most likely Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah, what other schools? I'm trying to think. Those are they're going to leave too. Let me, yeah, let me let me ask you this. Let me follow that up with a question. If Oregon and Washington leave, and let's just say those two schools want to go to the Big Ten, because that would not surprise me at all. Let's just say the Big Ten comes out of nowhere and says, "Hey, we're going to take Oregon and Washington, and now we're going to stop." Okay. With that almost in a way, and I know that would I'm trying to phrase it. Obviously, the Big 12 would prefer to have those. I think they would agree with that. But let's say that those two schools go to the Big 10. It almost benefits the Big 12 in a way because it kills, in my opinion, the Pac 12 to an extent. Because, yes, there's still brands in there, but I don't think none of them big enough to carry a whole conference. Because at then you would have you would have lost the two big teams in Los Angeles, Oregon, and Washington. I think the other teams, while they're all very nice and some of them are on the up and up, I don't think they can carry a conference. So at that point, and the teams that I think I think the Big Six is probably Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah, and then obviously Oregon and Washington. If so, if that scenario, if you can get Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, and Utah, I think in a way that's your best case scenario. I think that's your best case scenario. Yeah. And that would bring you what to 16 teams if you got those four? Yeah. If you added four, it would get them to 16. Yeah. And then if you wanted to go more, uh, well, because you can let's add say you Washington don't want state. Like if you bring, if you, are we saying, are we saying Oregon and Washington are in the Big Ten and then we're adding Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, Utah? I'm saying in this scenario, if Oregon and Washington go to the Big, Big ten, ten, yeah. It almost solidifies it, in my opinion, that the Big 12 will be the third conference oh, well. because then the Pac-12 has nothing to stand on and the Big 12 can get the four best than the remaining. A hundred percent. And I think that is probably the primary goal. Like, because now we've seen stuff on Twitter and, you know, none of it's verified, but some of these guys, you know, tweets have been, you know, spot on in the recent months. But they said 20 teams have contacted the Big 12 with eight of them being west of Texas, and or 20 Power 5, or 20 schools, eight of them being Power 5 and west of Texas. I mean, yeah. if that's and, – and the whole reason the Pac-12 hasn't really moved yet is because a lot of those ADs are so close. I mean, that is, it's almost like – I don't want to say a cult because it's not, but all of those ADs are best – are friends. They're tight. So 
none of them are wanting to make that first move. Because once the one makes the, the first move, the dominoes are going to fall. Like when you look at all their schools, I could see now this is more of like an outlier, but Cal, I mean, Cal's in the Pac-12. I mean, that wouldn't be, uh, I mean, if you, I mean, San Diego State, that's what the Pac-12 is trying to get. I mean, you could go steal Cal if you like. If I'm the Big 12, I don't think 18 is necessarily 16 is fine, right? I think if you add the two Arizonas, Colorado, Utah, I think that's a solid add. But if you really want to make sure, because then you have the, I think Nick, and this is the way I'm seeing, and I we could be wrong in the months leading in, in the months ahead. I have no idea how this is going to play out. Once the ACC figures out, once those four teams leave. I think it becomes a power three. And the way that it's looking with the media yeah. rights and everything, you're going to have the SEC, Big Ten, and Big 12. That's how it's looking. because And and maybe all three end up getting... I could see a scenario where all three get to 20. Oh, yeah. And you have 20, 20, 20. Well, because once the I ACC can 100% see that. falls... Because uh, uh, wait for that. Like once the ACC, once those four schools dip, okay, if I'm UCF, or if I'm the Big 12, right... We have UCF right there. So we could go nab. I don't like, let's look. We can go grab a Louisville or we could go grab maybe a Duke and say, okay, well, we got. Well, or, yeah, you could go there also. But I was also going to say like another school that I think, and they haven't, I'm surprised they haven't actually gotten to the Power Five yet, is like a, even like a Boise State, which, yeah. you know, is an, I think they're an interesting case as well. Well, I think that's um, one school that certainly the is, tr- is like considering bringing is because let's be real i know tulane there's a bunch of smoke that tulane has been contacted by the pac-12 obviously they're trying to go for smu boise i think is right at the top of the list if i'm the pac-12 i want to go get boise because they've kind of been in waiting for a while but again i think and i think we're on the same wavelength as if you're the big 12 right now if you can go nab four or five power five schools that are already in the power five right now and bring them over, you kind of solidify yourself and make it to where there's not going to be a question. And I think even with basketball, like basketball alone, the big 12 kind of does that because they've got the top basketball schools. That's why they're trying to steal Gonzaga cool. Or uh, like on the map wise, Gonzaga looks way better in the pack 12. It's way easier for travel, all that stuff. But if they go to the Big 12 and I'm Gonzaga, I know I'm going to make more money. I'm going to be playing the best teams. Uh, I mean, that's a conference for basketball. So I don't know, Nick. Like, it's very interesting. And I, I don't know who, like, I think the most logical options for the Big 12, the NAB, like, obviously they want Oregon and Washington. And I think if you get Oregon and Washington, if they, if Oregon and Washington say, okay, we want to go to the Big 12, we're like, no need to try to, like, find our spot in the Big Ten. We want to just go to the Big 12. We know what we're getting there. We can go in and be the, like, Oregon will be the premier team in the Big 12 right off the bat. So it's like, instead of going to the Big Ten where you're maybe fourth in, you know, with the branding, you could be number one in the Big 12. You get Oregon and Washington, it's easy. You at Oregon State, Washington State, that gets you your four teams right there. And then if you want to go get another two, World is your oyster. You can go get, you know, both Arizonas. If you wanted to switch it up, you can get your Colorado or Utah just to, you know, you can give your BYU and then Colorado if it becomes prominent. The Big 12 is in a perfect position. 
they just need to close. And I think they will, but you can't wait. They didn't wait for the media rights, so they cannot wait to go get these teams. And I don't think Brett is waiting. He's making it very obvious what he wants. Like he's saying, I'm expanding. I want to expand. We're talking with teams. It's who's going to make the first move in the Pac-12. And I don't know who that team's going to be, but if we had to guess, I don't know. Is the if does the Big Ten make the first move by getting you know your Oregon and saying come over, or does the Big Twelve say we're not going to wait for nobody, we're going to get the teams we want and see where it goes from there? But I think the underlying message is UCF is in a perfect position, unlike where USF was, where USF years ago thought, hey, we're going to this Power Five conference whatever at that point it was we're going to be fine we're, we're moving on up and then it dies years later the U- ucf a lot of people were thinking oh it's going to be the same usf situation where the big 12 is going to be extinct in five years it's looking more and more like ucf made a really good decision by and it's not like they had any other options i mean that was the option on the table you take it but the luck of the draw is really kind of moving in the big 12's favor of you're going to be relevant past this craziness of college expansion. Yeah, I'd much rather be in their situation where they got in last year before things right now are taking a turn for the uncertainty because, I mean, you asked about, you don't know when it's going to be. And I mean, if I recall, whenever, like I remember where I was when I got the notification that Texas and Oklahoma were going, I don't recall there being any discussion about that. I feel like it just happened on a random day in the summer. Yeah, It just happened. So, which is amazing that in this day, we were able to keep that under wraps, but that's, I think what's going to end up happening. It's going to happen very randomly, but it almost right now is a bit of a standstill. And I think it, I mean, Yormack has taken the initiative and he's putting it out there that I want to expand and the Pacific time zone is very desirable, obviously from a media rights perspective, but I think Oregon and Washington, they, they want to make sure they get this right, obviously. And if the Big Ten comes calling, well, they're going over there. <laughs> I don't think there's any any doubt about that. Yeah. And I'm sure these things are already happening behind the scenes. Uh, I think Oregon and Washington would probably prefer, prefer to go to the Big Ten as well, if yeah. we're being completely honest. Uh, we'll see what's going on with, with the Big Ten if uh, how quickly they'd want to do something, because obviously, like you mentioned, they seem pretty pretty uh, content with what where they are right now, and they want to play this thing out. But who knows? I mean, it could happen tomorrow. It could happen in a few months. It could be a year. I, I think it's going to be completely random. But uh, to your original point about UCF, I think they're in a, a good spot, and they're lucky that they had reached their highs at a really good time. Because I mean, expansion to me, a big part of it is where you're at as a program, as a university, when expansion is ready. And that's the importance of continuing to win and be relevant. And UCF picked a really good time to be relevant. And as to, to your point, USF uh, picked a really bad time to be irrelevant in regards to college athletics. No, and I think that's... it's Because people say, oh, and, and this is why Miami, like the schools like that will get the benefit of the doubt, right? Because they have so the long standing brand brand culture for that long, you become a prominent program regardless of your record at the time. UCF, listen, if they fall off now, which I don't think they will, I think again, 
if you're in Florida, you're probably going to stay relevant. Once you hit that that pinnacle, which I think UCF over yeah, the and year. The, uh, go ahead. Yeah, and not to cut you off, but also too the NIL, the new NIL legislation is going to help dramatically as well for all the Florida schools and keeping them relevant. A hundred percent. And I think that's why when you look at schools in Florida and Texas, there's a reason why best recruits are there. There's a reason a lot of recruits come to those states and come here. And when you get to that power five level, and that's why, listen, the Floridas, the Florida states, the Miamis, they can say all they want about it, not that it's, oh, it's only a power three in the state. No, it's a power four. Like UCF is going to, they've already shown they're a player in recruiting in this state. And that's why I think USF will get there. Like I'm, I'm, they're I do too. like they're in a prime spot, right? For all the crap I talk about USF because yeah, it's on them. Like when you act like the big dog, you you need to if you walk the walk, you talk the talk. And USF did not do that. They fell off a cliff and now it hurt them. They've got a lot to go. They need that on-campus stadium built. They've already built the indoor facility that now UCF did years ago, but they finally got that done. USF is getting themselves primed and ready. The question is, yes. and this is the big question, Nick. Number one, when's the next opportunity? Because it seems like it's going to come sooner rather than later. But how different is college athletics going to look in five years? Like if we're talking about a power three where each, you know, you have the SEC, Big Ten, Big 12. They might each have, like you said, 20 programs. Okay, what's the fourth program? Is it the ACC with your top school being louisville and then you have a grouping of usf Tulane, like the american like is that what that's going to turn into where you're going to have a power three and then a group of i don't know seven or seven or eight like that becomes like where does the money come from because what it's looking like nick and this is where thank god i'm a ucf fan and not a usf fan no offense really no offense all taken but Thank God I'm not in this predicament. If I'm a Memphis fan, if I'm a USF fan, if I'm a Tulane or an SMU. Now, SMU, listen, they could be going to the Pac-12, but the problem is it's all about money. It's not necessarily the conference. Nobody gives a hell what conference you're in. If you're making the money, that's all that matters. The American, you're making $7 million, right? That that's that You're making $7 million a year. If you're in the Pac-12 right now and they sign that new media rights deal, if you're if that's considered power five, well, guess what? That power five is only making 25 million per school, whereas Big 12 is making 45. So that's it is only about money now. So in five years, I mean, all these schools that are spending all this money, like USF might be screwed. It might get to a point where uh listen, it's it's gonna nobody's gonna look in the past and say, let's let's create a new power conference with all these schools, because all the main schools. And the only chance, and this is, again, a lot can happen. We're just saying what could potentially happen. Tell me about, like, give your thoughts on this. The only chance, if this actually happens, where you have three straight power conferences, and the Big 12 is one of those, and the ACC dies and the Pac-12 dies, the only chance that it, it ever becomes another power conference is if schools from the SEC, Big 10, and Big 12 come together a couple of them and say we're the like we're the bottom of these conferences we're gonna go split off and make our own conference because we don't want to be in our respective conferences that is the only chance because nobody's gonna unless a bunch of money comes in where it's like it's really lucrative for all the remaining schools but nick it's looking like that's what's gonna happen where 
it doesn't look like there's going to be a lot of opportunities for that schools that are like, I want to be a power five school. I know that's a lot. It's a lot to think about, a lot to process. But if I'm like a USF and I'm like, when is my next chance of expansion? If it's the ACC, let's just say it's the ACC. The ACC is not going to like their next media rights deal is going to be trash because they're not going to be paying 50 million for that media rights. No way. Why would I pay 50 million when I could pay 20 million for you because you're not really worth it for the schools that are in there? And I can just go shoot shoot money to the Big 12 and give them an extra 20 million for some prominent programs. Yeah, I, I think USF is in a a very interesting position. And and I mean that by I think they're in a really good market. A, a little bit of a tough market maybe to sell because again, I, I live in Tampa again. Um Little, maybe a little bit harder market to sell because there's so much long existing fandoms of Florida State, Florida, and Miami in this market. And now UCF has kind of emerged a little bit as well. So you're kind of like hoping that the new generation of is like growing up as USF fans, right? But right now in this market, USF is just not a player. No, it's not a player. So that's where they kind of have a, a long hill up a little bit, a long road ahead, rather. But and also too, the indoor facility helps, which has been needed for years. The stadium, which they've announced that they have the whole, they have the money set aside to have the design for the stadium. Still trying to figure out who's going to pay for this thing, right? But it seems like that's in the works. And I think uh, Alex Golish has already said that was in his contract, a condition that is that they were going to get an on-campus stadium. But you got to win. You got to win games as well. I think yeah. USF has a chance if they get that on-campus stadium, they're going to have the market and the media side in the media market as well. They're going to have the stadium, the indoor facility. They're going to have all those things checked off, but they got to win games. And I think it's going to be a lot easier for them to win games in the depleted AAC. I think they will because if USF gets it going, I think there's no doubt about it. They would be the most desirable team in that conference if they can get it going. Yeah, but because of that- the media market. Because of the media market, the new facilities, I think that'll make them probably probably along with Memphis, I'd say. So that's why they're kind of an interesting situation. The only thing they can control right now is they got to win football games. Yeah. But then again, like you said, where are they going to go? It, it, like the ACC, I feel like has always been like there's a flirtation there. But the ACC, like we just said, if those four school leaves, I mean, is that really up an upgrade at that point? I think, like I said, and I've said it before, I think UCF thank God we're fans of this team and everything happened when it did because it was almost like a perfect storm. Like doesn't happen often happens only once in a while, but everything worked in UCF's favor. And I don't feel bad for USF. I feel bad for the other schools. I feel bad for Memphis because I don't know when the next opportunity is going to be. And I don't know if there is. Yeah, they, they seem the most ready right now. Yeah, yeah. like you have a, a solid basketball program. You have a solid football program. You, you, it's not like you've done amazingly. And but the new, you, the new facilities are coming in as well. Yeah, The facilities are coming. So it's like, yeah. I feel bad for those schools that are ready. But it's the question of when is that going to be, if ever? Because once you go, like Nick, we, we you, go, you had a power five. You're now looking potentially – now, this is all speculative, right? We keep saying it. Like, it, everything could be fine. But the way it's looking with the media rights and, hell, what the Pac-12, the schools they're looking at, they're looking at SMU and San Diego State. 
like again, it's not like they're looking they're looking at a group of five schools to come in in to to come into the power five. If it goes to a power three where you're looking or even a power four, there's no going back unless schools from those power conferences split off and say we're done. So all those schools, the Memphises of the world, the Tulane's, the Boise's, they're just stuck. And, and I think it, as a result of that, in years to come, you're going to see a lot of athletic programs probably die off. A lot of programs can't; they won't be able to afford it, which it, it sucks. This is not, and that's it's not good for college sports. No, I think in the grand scheme of things, as cool as it is that UCF is is in a, a conference like this. How it got here, what it's going to affect, it's terrible for college football as a whole. It's terrible. Uh, I, yeah. I don't yeah. think anybody I don't think anybody asked for a super conference or two super conferences. It's just the way it is, unfortunately. Yeah. But I don't know who asked for that. It's really kill or be killed at this point. It's if if you're not in the power, it, it, you gotta do it. It's like it's kind of like with NIL right now. It, it's 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 just craziness. So it's like if you don't do what you need to do now to get into a power conference, or if you're not there yet, if you're not there in the next year, it, good luck. Good luck in the future because I don't know what the future is going to hold for college athletics or college sports. I mean, in general. Um, scary time, but it's good for UCF. Let's hope and pray that the Big 12 can make some big moves um, and get some of these schools to to join. Because if you can poach those back Pac-12 schools and – who knows? Who knows when that information will come? Like we said, as of recording this, it's February sixteenth. We could hear in a month that these schools are is are dipping and are open for business. So we have no earthly idea. What we do know is if those schools join the Big Twelve, the Big Twelve is set up, and us fans we don't need to worry about. The Big 12 not being a power conference, we could focus solely on getting UCF to be bigger because, again, at the end of the day, that's all any school wants is to be top of the pinnacle of their sport, to rake in as much money as possible to make the athletic departments better, the facilities better, and that's ultimately what we want. So we're – thank God this is how it's working out, hopefully. I mean, I feel sorry for some of the schools that – I mean, might not have really anywhere to go, might have to find a different conference. But at the end of the day, again, we just said it. It's kill or be killed. And as of right now, UCF is not. UCF is hiding behind branches just waiting to see what happens. They're not out in the fight. They're just, they're chilling. So, I mean, I can't emphasize it though. I do feel bad for some of the programs that it just looks like I don't know when that opportunity will be. I hope that there's an opportunity. I hope it doesn't just become big 60 schools, top of the top upper echelon, and then everybody else just is playing in GoDaddy Bowls or, you know, silly games because it doesn't matter. Because that's what it looks like. These networks, I think, Nick, and this is again, whole other ranging with natural media kind of dying off. If I'm CBS, if I'm all these, streaming services are taking cakes. And it's like if you're not ESPN, ESPN has ESPN Plus. So they're buying content to either go on main channel or going on their streamer. Fox, I mean, all of these places are having other echelons of media. So yeah, no, like CBS, if I'm CBS, it's like I do have Paramount Plus. So maybe that entices, but they they pull out. So I don't know. It is a wide-ranging topic, and I didn't think we'd spend 47 minutes on this episode, but... <laughs> it's just interesting. I think it's it's more 
it's easier to talk about in the sense of UCF looks clean, like clear, like we're in the clear. Hopefully a lot can happen. The Pac-12 can sign a deal that exceeds the Big 12. It's not looking likely, but I think as soon as we get information that the Big 12 adds anybody, that'll be the first thing we we talk about. But it's crazy, Nick. It's absolutely crazy. Yep, but good thing for UCF, like you said, we've cleared that hurdle. Boy, we have cleared that hurdle, lucky. and now we will, and now we will sit back and enjoy and watch the other schools have to have to battle it out. Unfortunately, but fight it out uh, again. That's matter. listen, listen. The, again, you could go on and on. You could spend another hour on this if you wanted to. Oh yeah. When college athletics allows there to be no structure and no overriding czar, this is what you get. This is what you get. The sport right now, athletics and college sport, it's it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. And and this is what you happen what happens when you have no structure. But again, it is what it is and UCF at least is in a good position. Yeah, at least right now. I mean, 10 years, 15 years down the line when the new media rights deal comes we'll up. It's absolute craziness. All right, guys. Um, we appreciate you guys tuning into this episode. I know there's not a lot of UCF news, as I said, but uh, I think this is huge news for UCF's future, especially. Um, let us know your thoughts down in the comments. You guys have been great about kind of telling us your thoughts. We love to hear your feedback. I know Rob loved the Texas Tech feedback, as I keep saying. He loved that feedback. Um, but this is, I mean, a wide ranging of opinions. So if you're a Pac-12 fan and you stumbled on this and you want to give your thoughts, please um, kind of give your thoughts on where you think this is going to go down below. I think a lot of Pac-12 fans are kind of get, getting to that idea of, hey, I want to go to the Big 12. I've been seeing a lot of the uh, the mock maps of what the Big 18 would look like, and I think it looks pretty good. But let us know your comments down below. Um, like, subscribe, share, tweet, do all that good stuff. We really appreciate all the support. We hit over 100 subscribers. Um, want to keep, you know, reaching as many heights as we can with this channel um, we've got ex- exciting new projects in the works coming soon that um hopefully you guys will be a fan of but um this has been this week's episode of charge on presented by bet online we will see you next week Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.